pet cemetery brings things back. Daddy. Critics are calling Pet Cemetery brutally effective and disturbing The Guardian. A hellish Frankenstein-like odyssey, says Total Film. If you've done something, Lewis. Bloody and chilling, Mirror Online. It's not too late to undo it. Four stars. Pet Cemetery in cinemas now. I'm sorry, are you addressing me? Because your authority is not recognized in Fort Kickass. Ah! Myself, Dr. Bones, the Doctor of Rock, and the guitarist, everybody wish they were, Mike Five. What's happening, Mike? Mate, I'm good. I'm loving the Doctor of Rock. That's a nice little tagline you've got there. Um, and, and I've seen your medical certificate, and I, I know that that is actually a factual statement, well, Doctor of Rock. Uh, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of kind of play like Krieger, like, oh, I'm a doctor. Maybe not a medical doctor, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that paperwork I saw. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, How are you, mate? You're right. Uh, very good. It's it's been it's been a pretty good week. Uh, I had a bit of a schedule change, which was awesome. It actually makes it a lot better off for me. So I'm um, pretty excited about that. And I had the the first kind of change over this week, and it was just beautiful. So yeah, it's 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 working very well for me. I'm literally uh, in this case uh, being able to have my cake and eat it too. Nice. So, what kind of cake is your favorite cake, Bonesy? Oh, uh, that's a good question. So, not really a big fan of cake, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, to be, be, be completely honest, we don't have it, but I'd say, I'd say, uh, I'd say chocolate with vanilla icing. Nice, yeah. nice classic, classic. All right. Sorry, anyway, I was totally off, off script. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, well, back to the show tonight. We have a special guest, uh, Frank from uh, Voodoo Rays. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hi. Hi, Dave. 
Very well. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, really good on here. Yeah, we're good. So first off, uh, the new album is out on Spotify right now. Yeah, came out on Monday. And uh, we've spun about four, maybe five tracks now that uh, Andy sent us. And uh, we've been enjoying them all and we're very happy to see uh, the release. Now, um, I listened to one of your, uh, your, your actually your previous album to this one on Bandcamp. And yep. uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. And I was when I was listening to it, there's some few, I would call it a few, like kind of subtle changes. Now, the question I would have is, is how does the band uh, create? Like, are you guys all together to write the song? Or do you kind of do bits and pieces and bring it all together? How does that work? Well, we only meet on Wednesday evenings. So we have four hours every week to do everything we can possibly do. So um, what we normally do is demo a song beforehand everyone listens to it and then we get together and we play it and then after an hour we press record and then we take the tapes away and we work on them so um normally it's a band in a room and then heavily produced afterwards <laughs> normally uh the new record has been a lot of demos that have then been worked on afterwards so you know i'll write a demo and then take the band and then everyone adds bits and then i take it back and delete all of their parts and change everything <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> roughly so um, um and then and then after four months everyone's sort of so sick of it that we just accept that it is the way it is and we move on to the next one you know it's it's quite slow and laborious it's surprisingly um difficult uh, sometimes songs happen really quickly but usually they get really um um messed about with yeah by everybody until everybody's happy with them I think when everyone's happy with them, then we just try to just leave them, you know. Well, uh, you find by the time that you finish them, you have to relearn how to play them. Yeah, that's terrible. The first time we mm. play them is just terrible because everyone's, there's been so many different versions and so many different mixes and so many different guitar parts and drum parts. And then you sort of, we all have this sort of vague idea that we have to sound a bit like the record. <laughs> so we then have to play the record to find out what on earth anybody actually played. Yeah. It's 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 a nightmare. And then you go back three years later and you listen to three mixes that at the time seemed to be the most important thing on earth, and there's no difference between any of them. <laughs> that every time. Like, I'm sure I remember being horrified by the hi hats on that track, and then you can't even tell the difference. So you know, so yeah, we're just we're just back in the process of trying to work out how to play some of the songs. We haven't played some of them live. We've played most of them live, but we haven't played them all live yet. So. We never play anything live until we finished recording it, ever. I don't think we've ever done that. Maybe once, really? but basically, don't do that. <laughs> really, I, I'm, no. I, I'm that, that's, I would say, kind of surprising because a lot of bands seem to test run uh, the a lot of the new songs like on the road before they actually record it. Yeah, but um, we never have. No, that's cool. I'm just saying just that that's, that's why I said I'm kind of surprised. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool yeah, 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 yeah. That would be the logical way to do it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the record, the recordings tend to be recorded as they're being written. They're written as they're recorded, so half of it will be finished before the other half has been written. You know, so the lyrics might happen, but there's no guitar part, or the guitars might have been finished, but we haven't quite decided what drum beat will happen. Fair you enough. know, <laughs> so it, we change everything. Everything gets changed before it's finished, and then changed again, and then changed again. Well, you know, the one thing that uh, we've both been told, and uh, Mike can attest to it too, is that I know a song is really never finished. Yeah, yeah. 
And then by the time we do play it live, it's become something quite different anyway. You know, like at the moment, a lot on the album, a lot of the bass lines are played on synthesizers. Right. But but we don't have you know we don't have access to synthesizers live, so we've just sort of been relearning them using a normal bass. And um, Andy's got this amazing synthesized bass pedal box, which makes him sound like <laughs> a mini mood. And that's really great, but it doesn't actually sound like the record, you know. Right. It still sounds amazing, but it's kind of different to the record. So, you know, it's, it's compromises like that. You're constantly sort of trying to work out how to sound a bit like the record, but also just manage to get on stage within 15 minutes of the previous band, you know. I think it's really interesting because, <clears throat> like, I, I, when we when we started um, band of I mean, now one in five, there was two of us to start with, and we were trying to do five people's parts. And then obviously people come in and they write their parts much better because they can actually play those instruments. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of expands and grows and, and kind of goes from there. But we've always you know, we do quite a lot of like layers and stuff on records, and then we go well. We can't do that live, but I've always thought about that. It's a bit like, you know, if you listen to Led Zeppelin live, there's only four of them. There's like 20 of them in the recording. I mean, there's four people, but, you know, they do so many different parts. But then equally, I saw Bob Dylan once, and no one could recognise any of the tunes until he got halfway through to the chorus, because, uh, because it was just <laughs> So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, man, but I quite like the... It's that it's finding your way, isn't it? They're two different sounds, but I think it's important people kind of recognise at least what the song is. But yeah, uh, having those two things, because one can never quite exactly replicate the other, I don't think, can it? Either way around. I don't think you should try to. You know, I think it should sound. It should sound more visceral live. I think on records you're expected to sound more produced. And um, the rawer records we've had, I think people have found quite difficult. But live increasingly people expect you to sound exactly the same as the record live, but you can't, and we wouldn't want to, you know. The very fact that everybody's turned up to 11 in a small room in, you know, East London makes up for a lot of mistakes, you know. You can get away with nobody hearing the lyrics or nobody being able to tell what the bass drum is doing just by sheer volume. So we use that as a, as a roadmap, really. Well, you know, but that's the beauty about doing stuff live is that there's no a sense set process to it. No, you can add a little, you can drop a little. You can if if you mess up, eh, who cares? It's not a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of bands who are worse than they are on record, and a lot of bands who are a lot better than they are on record. And um, I think I prefer the bands who are better than they are on record. Really, you know. Right. No, I agree with that. I, I, I've said before in this show, I, I'm a big fan of Elbow. I think they're, they're 100% not the sort of music I would ever go, oh, I really like that sort of thing. But having seen them live four or five times now, they're incredible. But I can't really listen to them on the record. It just doesn't come across in the same way on the record. They're yeah. a live band. They're just amazing live. It's just such a brilliant experience. They, they just go right up there straight away because of that. I think, I think there's a lot of a lot of problems with a lot of modern records, which, you know, like click tracks, like the Foles always, you know, have this standardized BPM all the way through when you really want them to speed up. Yeah. And, and there's a real shame attached to a record that doesn't seem to excite the band themselves as they're recording it, you know. And a lot of bands do that now. And a lot of bands are, you know, draped in reverb and a lot of bands have that heavily compressed snare sound. So there's no sense that the drummer's doing anything different each verse. Right. And we try to, 
ignore those sorts of issues. But then you listen back to one of your songs on Spotify compared to anybody else you're playing, and it sounds really ropey. And it's really, it's really hard to trust your own belief in, you know, underproducing yourself. I, I, we keep struggling with that to a certain extent. The new record's a bit more produced than any of the other records we've had. It's not, it's not overproduced, I don't think, but it's a lot less, you know, raw than some of our records. Some of our records are really raw. <laughs> you know, really, really yeah. bad. <laughs> not bad, bad, but, you know, just chaotic. Quite chaotic. <laughs> not true standards, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I mean, it seemed to make sense at the time we recorded them, and then you go back to play them, you're like, God, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but but then equally, you know, you play the first Velvet Underground album, and there's no no EQ, no reverb, no nothing. You know, it's yeah, just not enough, <laughs> and it sounds fantastic. So, you know, it's it can still work that approach. It's just quite hard to convince other people that it's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right on. No, that, that makes sense. So we're going to take a quick little break here and we're going to play a song from the new album Orbiter. Here we go with a song called Spectral. Dig this. Cool. I stand here spectral knowing soon you will blow through on your
Right on. Voodoo Rays with Special. Now, I chose this one specifically because this was the most tripped out song I've heard in a long, long time. The, 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 the different tempo changes and like the, 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 the almost like haunting slash kind of creepy like uh, 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 vocal uh, melodies. Like not in a bad way. It sounded really good. It just, man, it just like very, very cool. It's, it's one of those kind of songs that really pulls you into the entire time and you just almost just want to wait and see how it finishes because you're you're kind of you're not straight lining one one specific uh uh tempo you're kind of up here there and all over the place which kind of <clears throat> gives you the 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 ideas like like oh, where are they going to go to next so it's always kind of curious especially when songs are done that way specifically like i mean i really really enjoy that one yeah yeah i, I would i would just add to that that song, I just love, I forget actually, and it's only when I hear it again and again, I love the fact that it starts off and it's quite kind of like, I always find myself turning it up a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's quite quiet, that one, isn't it? And then it's very deliberate in the way that that mix kind of builds up and up and up and it becomes more and more powerful, more of this like, it's not even that it's louder, it's, it's a wider. Yeah. I'm not a producer, but it feels like a wider soundscape, do you know what I mean? It was... It was it was lovely watching the drummer, you know, Graham drums, and he was really, really hitting the drums when we recorded them. <laughs> Just seeing this sort of glee as he was really whacking the drums, and we really tried to keep that in the mix, you know. it's It gets louder and louder and louder, yeah. I love it. And I, I, actually, it's funny, listening to having listened to what you were saying about, you know, that kind of production and how far do you go and how much do you produce something listening to it with that kind of in my mind was really interesting because I was thinking well actually it kind of it's interesting isn't it because that drum sound has almost got a it feels like it was recorded on a cassette tape sort of thing it's got that kind of <laughs> in, in a way. I mean like in a, in a cool lo-fi way not in a shit quality way I mean it sounds it sounds good but do you know what I mean? It hasn't been oversaturated with loads of stuff on it, and it's actually quite refreshing to hear because it makes the whole thing um, just feel that little bit more kind of analog and live, and you know stuff like that, which yeah. is cool. So I, I really like that. I, listening to it, having listened to what you're saying, I think that was cool. I think subconsciously you always listen to the drums as being the you know the how loud it is in the room element. You know, I remember my mum once listened, came into the room when I was playing the Jesus and Mary chain. Oh, and no she really quietly told me that it was too loud. You know, could you turn that down, please? And you sort of go, it's quite quiet. And she, she wouldn't believe me that it was quite quiet just because the drums are so low in the mix, I think. You know, <laughs> as soon as you swamp the drums with guitars, it sounds loud because it must be loud because the drums are quite loud. So if you can't hear them, it must yeah. be loud, you know. And they, they give that sense of how big the sound, song is, you know, how big the drums are. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I had a question for you, which was, uh, I, I was just flicking through your band camp and it looks like you guys have been going sort of forever. So what's the, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise actually, I, I heard the last couple of bits of stuff that you said, I didn't realise you so much. So how did the band start and when and all that sort of stuff? Uh, the band started, I, I formed the band on my own and recorded a few songs and then I met the bass player Andy in a pub in the East End, and I just fancied playing them live, so I asked if he'd like to form a band with me, and then he rang every drummer he knew, and the only one who said yes was Graham, so we became a three-piece in about 2010, nine years ago, and ever since then, we've just 
played live all around England, but nowhere else, um, and released records. And, you know, are just trying to get better. Oh, if not better, then certainly travel. You know, we, start off, we started off as a very spiky garage band with just guitars. Right. And, and gradually brought in other elements and other interests and other ideas. And we just don't want each, any record to sound particularly like the one before, but to still sound like we were progressing. And then we got a fourth member in called Angelo just quite recently, a year ago. And now we're a four-piece. So we make um, a, lot more live, a lot more noise live than we did. Um, and he, he tends to bring in the really odd sounds. So the keyboards, these strange keyboards and things like that, I tend to be Angelo's. And um, he's just made us more three-dimensional, basically. We started off being quite similar to, um, do you know of a, a wonderful New Zealand band called Straight Jacket Fits? Yeah. Yeah, so we were big fans of Straight Jacket Fits, big fans of The Chills, big fans of um, Early Floyd. Right. You know, Sonic Youth to a certain extent. The, the original idea was to have Sonic Youth covering Early Floyd tracks. So, you know, Sid Barrett would played through atonal guitars. Right. You know, so, so, sort of to make modular songs with lots of noise, but with a pop heart inside them somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's, we never achieved that necessarily. <laughs> 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 You're the first person to come on this show and reference straight jacket fits. That's quite obscure. Yeah. And they go, bloody hell, I've done that for years. <laughs> I, I still love them. I still expect them to be worth a fortune, the records, you know, and they never are. And it's a shame because they're great. They were great there. You know, Did you ever see them? No, I've never seen them, but I, I think they're awesome. I think I've got, I think I have two, I've got one on record and one on tape, I think. I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, that's something I'm going to have to go and revisit after this now. <laughs> well, and I made three albums, so you've got two out of three. Oh, cool, I didn't know that. Oh, there you go. Hail, Melt, and Blow. Hail, Melt, and Blow. I think Melt is the one I've got on record. I can't remember what the other one is. Melt's the best one. Melt's great. Yeah. They stacked their second guitarist. They had this lovely second guitarist who was quite um, jangle pop, you know? Right. He played sort of jangly guitar and did beautiful harmonies called Andrew Brew. And they sacked him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember reading in the melody maker that sacked him and just thinking, oh dear, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was quite traumatic for me. It was like, oh God, they sacked their best, you know, not, not the most creative member, but the one who... who contrasted with the angularity of this singer and they sort of they had this lovely you know birdsian backing singer with this sort of wire guitarist you know and it worked really well and when they lost him they lost something really important so so multiple record we spoke to someone recently that was it seven or eight bass players or nine maybe with without andrew <laughs> without That's andrew without andrew yeah, oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, with that Andrew. Yeah, yeah. they've actually loads. Of, sorry, Bainsy. <laughs> loads of bass players. It was quite something. Um, All at the same time? No, 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 no. They just kept trying to. Uh, kept people kept leaving and having kids and stuff. I seem yeah. to remember and stuff like, like that. Yeah, like the kind of, kind of like the spinal tap issue. You know, the drummer had a green thumb. Yeah. Ever do as a band is always referenced to Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Still true, it never was. 
Well, you know what? Just uh, two, two, uh, two quick uh, sidetracks here, and they actually um, kind of almost kind of fit into one. At least they fit into the same uh, category. Is uh, when Spinal Tap was on The Simpsons, and they asked the, the radio station asked them to do a promo for them, and they're like, "Well, what do you want us to say?" So they said, "Well, why don't you say uh, nobody rocks like Bill and Marty on KBBL Radio." And they're like, I don't think they can do that. Because what, what if someone rocks as good as you? Or better. We don't want to look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're, they're Spinal Tap The Simpsons. And the irony being that uh, Hank Azaria uh, was a Simpsons, does Simpsons voice as well, right? So we did character on Spinal Tap, just like Michael McKeon. And then the other side track was uh, Sonic Youth. Because earlier today, uh, the girlfriend and I, uh, Em and I, were talking about uh, Sonic Youth uh, just because, like I mentioned, I'd seen them in, in uh, Michigan a few times and Montreal, La Palooza. And uh, I said the last album I saw them for was something called Murray Street. And I said, well, no, they were on The Simpsons. And then she actually brought that up. Because weren't they on The Simpsons? And she was absolutely right because when they did the whole Palooza thing, you know, Peter Frampton goes up to play his song. And then he hits the pedal trick of all the pig eyes. Like, oh, come on. Do you feel the mic cuts out? It's like, oh, Homer Simpson stole my pig. A Cypress still stole my orchestra, and now Sonic Youth is in my cooler. Get out of there, you kids. Oh, come on, Mr. <laughs> Frampton. Come on, you can share your food. Oh. <laughs> so, I love Sonic Youth, too. They're great. Oh, they yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome live. And, like, you know, I, and I, I was telling tell M, because M hadn't really heard too much Sonic Youth. I said, well, you know, there's obviously the two uh, two main singers are, besides, I know the fact that they all sing, but the two main singers are, are uh, Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon. And I said, I said it. Unfortunately, kind of Kim Gordon's got a little bit more of like a bass tone voice, a little bit lower, right? So when you when you first hear them, you're not quite sure whether it's a chick or a guy, just because her voice is low. <laughs> it's yeah, there's someone, someone dirty, isn't there? She just sings, "Don't touch my breast." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> still makes me laugh. Yeah, dude, it's, just, a... it's fabulous. Oh they man. Were great. Dune, 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 dune. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a butterfly. I think it was, is that, is that butterfly, I think, maybe? Like, either way. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk butterfly? Uh, yeah, it might. Yeah. So, for that, so yeah. Whip suit-ish. Uh, I'll have to think about it. I think it, might, I think it might be. Like, I mean, that was that was the first album, Sonic Youth, album I heard. And then back to Washing Machine. And then years later, uh, Jet Set Experimental Trash and No Star with Bull in the Heather, which I'm sure anybody in, in 94 will remember that song like like yesterday, so. Yeah. But, uh, I grew up with Sister. Uh, when I was really little, I had Sister. Sister's great. Mm -hmm. Sister's, yeah. I think they meant to have recorded it in one weekend in a, an old 1950s recording studio in America somewhere. Four-track recording studio, and they just recorded it live in a weekend. Right and on. it's... It's really brilliant. So yeah, love them. All right. Uh, Sorry, don't think you could do that anymore, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you could try, but I don't think it would go down. I don't know. So the whole, the whole lots of guitars thing. <laughs> so uh, back to music. Back to you. Back to the band. Uh, yeah. What do you guys have planned? If anything coming up, like do you have any shows planned? I know we just recently played a show in Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got we got at least two shows in London coming up in the next few weeks. One in Cargo and one in um, oh Dalston. Can't remember. Sorry. Well, we're trying to sort out some gigs in Sicily and Italy, and we're trying right. to um, yeah, just promote the album. You know, just travel as much as we can and just play the album to people. Right so um, it's all 
it's all trying to be worked on, you know. It's um it's quite difficult when you've actually finished something to then continue trying to push it. But we are trying to get it out there live. Definitely. Fair enough. Cards May. Uh, if you check Facebook, it's on it's in May. And um that should that should be really good. That's our next gig. Right on. Well, you know, this, cause this is kind of the perfect segue uh, talking about traveling, and this one's called The Visit. Dig this, Wooteries. drive throws stones against our side as car filled anxious we leave you I should have set you free I should be Steve McQueen free from this hospital shaped prison Thank you. 
right on. That was Voodoo Rays with the visit. And uh, uh, as mentioned off air, we picked uh, the most uh, tripped out psychedelic songs. And we do because we like that. We like that stuff. And man, this certainly was. And that kind of deep bass line reminded me of a band called uh, Dead Zine. They only made one album uh, called uh, Gramercy Park. But it had that kind of almost A's vibe, triple like kind of deep bass like, uh, to it and pretty, pretty cool. And that reminded me of that right away, but it just kind of drew me in right away. I, I love the triple stuff because just trying to figure out where it's going next is the, the kind of one of the funnest parts about listening to it just because you just never know because there's so much you can do within that spectrum. Yeah, we always try to end up somewhere we haven't started out, you know. I mean... If it's too obvious, if it's too much like, you know, classical rock where you sort of just keep going at the same space, we don't really want to do that. It, it works really well when other bands do that, but we don't want to do that. Yeah. It's sort of the, um, you know, like, like, I know I mentioned them earlier, but like when Velvet Underground play, you know, I'm waiting for the man. Right. And they start on a chord and they play the same <laughs> chord all song, and then it fades out. And, you know, that's great, but it's, um, it's, not somewhere we want to go. Yeah, we much more, more prefer modular songwriting, you know, bands who start off with one type of song and then it just changes. Like, you know, when Led Zeppelin changed the tempo halfway through Days of Confused, you know? Right. Or, or like Susan Banshee's did this great early song called Switch, which had three very distinct sections in it. And that was great. And I, I grew up listening to that sort of record thinking how interesting they were, you know? And not just... I mean, it's, it's great when a band does a groove and they just keep on the groove and it can work really well, like Can. You know, we all love Can and love the way they just hit a groove. But um, we just want to change tempo, change time signatures, change chords, change, modu you know, modulate everything. Just go somewhere not, nobody's expecting, you know, hopefully. And um, we seem to achieve that quite often. Often people have no idea where we're going next. <laughs> Yeah, it sort of makes sense if you've heard it two or three times, but hopefully, you know, it's still shocking the first time you hear it. I think that's what's really good, though, is because it's, it's me, you know, for me, that track's a good example of music that's got longevity because the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, what was that? And then, you know, the second time you hear it, you go, oh, and the third time, and it kind of, I think you hear different bits every time. So, you know, and I, I, I think. I mean, I like both of the types of music you just described. You know, there's nothing better than a blues riff that goes on for 12 minutes. But just yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's only certain people that can do that in a certain way. Um, and equally, you know, I, I grew up listening to all kinds of random stuff and all kinds of kind of straight-up rock and roll, and I think it all, it all depends. But, yeah, the, I agree in that the, the modular songwriting is really interesting, where it just, like, it starts as one thing, and then it goes on a journey and becomes something else. And I really like that. And there's, you know, in all of your songs, you've got that kind of feel and you've got callbacks to different parts to give it that continuity. And you've got bits that, you know, from the stuff I've heard, and I didn't realise until tonight you've been going for nine, ten years, but from the stuff I've heard, you've got that kind of continuity between uh, the different, um, different tracks and different albums that make it sound like you. But equally it's different every time and like you said earlier it's kind of progressing which is um, which is really exciting it's, it's really cool to hear um so yeah i'm a big fan um i do have a, a random question if we have time but i'm going to pass over to Bainsey to ask you a sensible question first um so yeah we we just have a few minutes left here frank uh so um uh just a big thank you for coming on the show and doing this show with us we really appreciate it now um 
I think we've gone through most questions about the album. I had questions about, but now when you make well, actually, you know what? This is a um, one of the kind of thing about been kind of somewhat playing around with. Uh, as far as creation, I know you pretty much told us how it goes down, but when you have those certain like really kind of psychedelic tripped out songs, is is that the goal that you set out to do, or is that just kind of how it pans out? Uh, I think in the back of my head, I, I really wanted this album to be a few songs and each one as, you know, quite long. So I, I kind of ideally wanted every song to go over seven minutes before we started recording. And I sort of only two of them actually go over <laughs> seven minutes. But, you know, there are some songs. I, I think in general, if it's simple, you can make it longer. And if it's quite complex, you should probably keep it quite short. So the, the aim is to continue pushing at the edges of... Um, not exactly boredom, but certainly getting to the point where very little happens and yet it's still quite intense. You know, that's where we wanted to go. We want to go to places where you're sort of layering songs up quite subtly. Right. And just building them up over quite a long period of time. You know, I don't want it to be, you know, the first album, every track is two minutes long apart from the last song, you know. And, and there was this sort of, that sounds quite good as well, actually. It sounds quite yeah. fun. Right. I, mean, I really like doing that too. But for this one, we just wanted to just lay back, you know, and just just do less, really. Make less last longer, you know. And and obviously, you know, you then you could easily make every song twelve minutes long, but it wouldn't work. So you have to you have to work out what the actual, you know. I think Keith Richard once said, you know, you don't write a song; you just hold on to it and try to see where it takes you. You know. So we 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 can't force the song into shapes it won't go in, but we can let it lay back and just sort of drift. You know, you know? Fair enough. You know, I actually have the uh, a biography on Keith Richards and he actually says that in the biography. Yeah, so it, I think that's a wonderful attitude. Yeah, I've, I've, really. read, I've read his book and Mick Jagger's book and they're both really good. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely attest to that. <laughs> he, he put that in there as well. So, um, uh, I'm going to thank you right now and uh, I'm going to let Mike kind of finish up here with the questioning. Cool. All right. Well, I just got one question. I always like to throw in a question that I find might help me discover more about you uh, or the band uh, yep. with a different angle. And quite often I will ask people that I know or you know, something like that to, to give me a question. I didn't uh, <clears throat> didn't really see anyone this week. It's been a bad week. So I asked my son, who's seven, what should I ask them? And he said, at the time we were having lunch, we were having ham, egg and chips, which I thought was quite a posh lunch. Yeah. So, match nice. morning, I was, you know, wanted to get his energy back up. Uh, not that he needs it. And, uh, and he said, why don't you ask him what his favourite type of egg is? So <laughs> it's not like multiple choice, but I'm guessing he means, you know, fried, poached, I don't know, scrambled, whatever. So uh, this is your random question to finish off and tell the world a little bit, a little bit of an insight into you as a person and perhaps a reflection of how the band has turned out, what's your favorite type of egg and why? It's, 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 you, you get a pan of hot water, you swirl it, you put the egg in the middle <laughs> so that it ends up in a perfect circle. So it's got to be a spherical poached egg oh. and then place it on uh, smoked salmon on rye bread. Definitely. Wow. Oh, that is quite specific. I'm liking that. Why rye <laughs> bread? It's got, to, it's, it's got to be a poached egg, but it's got to be, smooth like the death star you know <laughs> it's, got, it's got a sphere if it's not a sphere you, you, you're going to be an unhappy bunny on a Saturday, sunday morning and, and the obvious follow-up question is is there any sort of metaphor for your music in that 
And he starts laughing. He's like, yeah, 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 of course. Like, what, what, because he's like, what was I thinking, right? So. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> Man, I can't believe it's 25 years. It's I just know, like, eh? And uh, speaking of which, uh, Tom from Gypsy Ghost and Slash Drop Pockets, he, he posted on, on, on his Facebook wall. And before I had to reply, because so, he goes, oh, 17 years. It's like, uh, dude, I was about to say it's 25. But someone replies, like, man, it's 25. It's 17 years for Lane Staley from Allison Chains because he passed, he, he, he was found slash OD eight years to the day that, that Kurt Cobain had committed suicide. Yeah, I forgot that's the same day. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of insane. I mean, I, I miss Nirvana when they were actually around. I, I was introduced to Nirvana in, like, 97. And right. I was like... Cannot believe, and actually, for years, I'm sure I said this before on the show. It was only a few weeks, maybe a month or two ago, I found out. But for years, I'm um, I was convinced that the first Nirvana album I'd heard was Bleach. Right. Um, I just had it in my head that that was that was that was the one, and I knew it was uh, my friend James, who's my bass player and, and also one of my best friends. We grew up together. Um, and it, I was talking to him the other, like a month or two ago, as I say, and he goes, "No, it's from the Money Banks to Whiskers. The live one was the first one I gave you." And then right. it was Bleach, and then it was Nevermind, and then it was in I was like, oh, crap, yeah, you're right, because it's that opening track on the live album, which was released after he died. Right. Uh, it's the opening track where it's just him doing a vocal warm-up, which is basically Kurt Cobain screaming for a minute and a half, and it's absolutely amazing. It's just like, what is this? <laughs> and then it bangs out a load of live tracks from kind of, um, I think there's probably seven or eight shows that they pull different tracks from. Yeah, um, and it's just amazing, and it's no wonder I got so into that band, just listening to that alone. I think <laughs> uh, there's about 15 tracks on that album. Yeah. From the Mighty Bikes to Wishka. Yeah. And I'll, I remember too um, when I first got uh, Bleach, I think I might have mentioned this before, is I had I got Bleach on cassette before I got it on, on CD. And on the yeah. cassette, maybe I'm not sure it's just my cassette for whatever reason, but on my cassette, uh, I had everything, it had all the tracks listed that are on the CD. So you know, all the way down to the last one, Big Cheese. But on the on the actual tape, the last song the album was Downer. The Big Cheese was not on side two or side side one. I was like, like, what the hell is going on here? Like, so really? I didn't hear the song Big Cheese until I actually bought the CD like months later. <laughs> so that's I, really random. I didn't. I, I know. Like I said, I'm not sure if it's just the cassette I had bought or whatever the case may be. But yeah, so. Yeah, I was not. I was not. I was not too impressed. Like it took me forever to listen to Big Cheese. Finally, like, like finally, you know, like so. Uh, then my, my brother bought. Um, just on a similar note, my my brother bought a copy of Back in Black by ACDC. Um, I think we were on holiday somewhere. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, he bought this copy, and um, you know the the track listing. I th- no, I'm going to get this right. I think the track listing on the back of the album. I'm pretty sure it isn't the actual track listing. But what this was, it was obviously some hooky copy, and it basically was in the order, I think, that it was on the back. But that's not actually the order that the, the real version is in, if that makes sense. Anyway, I bought him it on vinyl for his last birth, not his last, he's just turned 30, but for his 29th birthday last right. year. And um, <clears throat> and he put it in, he was like, oh, the track order's different. I was like, what? He's like, the track order's different. I was like, no, it's not. And it turns out he'd been listening to this same version of this CD for like, you know, 20 odd. And we bought it when it was about like nine, 10, right? So 20 odd years. <laughs> <laughs> had no idea. It was some dodgy, hooky copy of this thing. When no the thing was the way. I was, he was listening to it. I cannot believe is this. All he goes, it sounds really good. I was like, well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <that's laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that's crazy, man. 
But yeah, I, I was really, I was really that really. It was like, it's like, well, this is bizarre, and like, I'm, I'm super pissed, like, because now I can't even see. He's like, well, where's Beach Cheese? Like, that's Downer. That's not Beach Cheese. And and <laughs> and funny enough, they put Downer on Incessicide. They 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 just kind of remastered it a little bit because they really didn't change it all the lyrics. Everything else was the same. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so there there there's that, and obviously um, I'm I'm sure you saw because I posted on Instagram, which attached uh, attached uh, to our fan page. The picture of my Nirvana ticket stuff from '93 for the New Road Tour. Thank you very much. Hey, outstanding! I would love to see them. Live. So, I've got loads like, of dodgy copies of live Nirvana things. I've got a great one from Argentina somewhere because I was, oh, nice. you know, I bought loads of them. They've released a lot of it now officially, but I, I had right. all the album tested. I got obsessed with them basically, but yeah, I never got to see them, which would have been amazing. You know, like, like I got the chance, and if you saw the price, man, total price was like thirty-four dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's know? like the price of a cheeseburger in a venue now. Yeah, right, eh? <laughs> so it, it was it was a great concert. I'll never forget it. Like, But I got all my ticket stubs, and of course I went to them today. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm checking this out. It's like, huh. Green Day, Soundgarden, Queen of the Stone Age, Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> like, you know, Incubus, Primus, like, 311. Like, it's like, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so I, it, it was funny today, man. I just, speaking of Peter impressions, like, um, like I said, I, I my week's shortened now by kind of putting all my extra hours in within like uh, four days, which is awesome. So I get the three days off, and uh, so yesterday, you know, I was a little bored, so uh, I, I sent it to uh, M's messenger, and I, I sent because I, I we talked about it a few times. I sent the clip of of Peter uh, uh, <laughs> uh, going for the interview. He's like, he's like, oh man, now that's close. I got to find a new job. And Brian's like, oh great, because you always pull an interview. So, Mr. Griffin, where do you see yourself in five years? And he's looking at the photo of, of the guy and his family. You know, it's like his wife's in the bikini sort of thing. He's like, he's like, don't say doing your wife. 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 <laughs> and then he's like, doing your son? <laughs> and, and then, and then <laughs> obviously he cuts away. So, as like, I was dying because we talked about that. So, I was like, oh, I got to send that to you, all right? So... <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I actually begrudgingly appreciates the 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 the, the gesture. So <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't man? Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, man, our next song up is a uh, uh, a a duo and uh, collaboration with Rachel Dunn, and uh, this is uh, we played a few of her uh, earlier tracks, well, different tracks before, but this is her project called Siren Song. In a song called Without the Fear. Dig this. Take my hand and I will lead you there to a place. 
<laughs> right on. That was Siren Song, uh, who is uh, uh, Rachel Dunn, uh, previously of uh, um, Cascadia Fault Line. And this was a duo, uh, or sorry, a collaboration. But great song. Uh, she has a wonderful voice and very tripped out. And man, what a what a what a what a what a song! I can't wait to hear more because she told us about this months ago, and they just kind of recently finished recording. <laughs> Mate, that is absolutely beautiful. That is just a stunner right there. The music, the vocals, the way the guitar is picked, the way it's produced. The whole thing is just mind-blowing again. I really love that in terms of songwriting and production. It is right up there, proper folky. Her voice is awesome. Her voice has always been awesome, but wow. Class, mate. I love that track. All right, oh, man. Well, you know what? Next up, like we said, we got we got a, just like every week, man, we have a hell of a playlist tonight. Next up is uh, uh, an artist called Holly Rees, and uh, this comes courtesy to us uh, of Jasper PR. So I've got her on Twitter, and it looks like she is from the UK, and she's doing a Canadian tour. So uh, um, Crystal from Jasper PR messaged the other day and emailed, said, "Well, would you like, you know, would you like to do an interview? Do you want some like um, uh, radio kind of promos? So like, she'll means Hollywood do a couple of radio career uh, um, uh, promos for us." And I said, "Of course, I'd love to interview her." So I asked him if asked. Well, actually, I didn't ask. It's in the email that she didn't have a London, Ontario date. So I said, "Well." Uh, no, it's great. So we'll definitely interview her, um, and we can do it via Skype, you know. But uh, hopefully, if she has a London date, that she can come and do it in the house. Yeah, nice. That'd so, be cool. So I gave her the list of three places uh, which would most likely kind of suit her and be good, a good, uh, a good venue. And actually, one of them we're going to tonight. Emma and I are going to see Nimway tonight at Call the Office, and uh, they're playing at the Bank of the Suburbs and Fat Robots. Fat Robots has a Facebook page and they have videos, but no SoundCloud or anything that I can that I can see or find. But the Suburbs do, so I do have a Suburbs song to play tonight. As well, we will be playing Nimway, obviously from their, from their new EP. So yeah, we got some good stuff going on. And uh, next week we'll be interviewing uh, uh, Adam and Scott from Colt 48. They'll be mid-tour, so it should be a lot of fun. And uh, May 4th... What do you think their favorite eggs are? What's that, sorry? What do you think their favorite eggs are? Uh, scrambled, because we're, they're just like always on the go and always we know stuff's always all over the place so uh, I'm gonna guess. <laughs> I'd go with that I'd totally go with Colt 48 being scrambled eggs and and then and that's that's not a bad thing right and then yeah. uh, Juxta um, since the album's coming out uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's on the 20th I think it might be like a few days after uh, anyways yes for an interview unfortunately that's Easter weekend so we will not be on the air that weekend and that's uh, Saturday April 20th so I asked Juxta about the following week, and he said, I'll have to let you know because it's his birthday, so he might be out. Oh, fair, but how old is he going to be? Uh, I didn't ask, he didn't say. Fair enough. So remember when we first interviewed him, he, he said he just turned 50 in his 50s, now we could do stuff because now that his kids are gone, so we're all good, and like... Yeah, when, when you say gone, I mean, they well, uh, off to college, not living at home. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Well, they don't, they don't require as much looking after. Do they? <clears throat> I met one of his. Um, oh God, I can't remember their name. I, I met anyway. I met one of his kids at. Um, 
can't remember which gig it was. I met one of his children once. Anyway, that's a, that's a boring story because I can't remember any of the details. <laughs> <It was> good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should definitely get him on. I need to catch up with him generally, but um, yeah. definitely get him on. He's doing. Um, he's he's. Play, I'm sure you've seen. He's playing the show. Uh, in the warm up, he does this live radio evolved show, which is kind of like a. Uh, it's like a video slash podcast slash radio type yeah. thing but um in the warm-up i think it's like the first hour they play um the the, the recording of uh, one of the parts that we played the night because it's on a sunday night so they take right. the saturday night show download it and play which is really cool so that's a nice little bit of extra promo for us uh, but also he's just an amazing guy so we'll definitely get him on that chat well i i seem to have a visitor now um all of a sudden my big cat here wyatt is acting like a dog. He's putting his paws up in the chair and just jumped up on my lap. So I thought he'd grind a tail out your shoulder, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I got up. I got about a twenty-pound beast on my lap right now. So <laughs> phrasing. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, moving on. <laughs> brag. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get the bragging rights later, right? So. So. Next up is uh, courtesy of Jasper PR. Uh, this is Holly Reeves, and this one's called Missing Out. Dig this. You had a grin that my best friend's ex did.
to us via Jasper Eric Crystal. So Crystal, big thank you for saying the log. A great tune. She's got a great voice. Uh, I mean, we always love the, the, the female soul artists uh, because they always seem to wow us because now they're trying to come back around a little bit more and kind of put their stand back back in the business thing. Like, listen, no, like we're here. Like, like we were uh, <clears throat> coming forth a lot more, which is awesome because we've always said, no, but it's always we want to see more females and it, just kind of kicking some ass like they had been the past little bit, but more so. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that is a great, great tune. That's, that, I mean, there's so many good things to say about that. The vocals are brilliant. The the way the guitar is played, like the actual um, strumming and all the rest of it, uh, musicality of it is is really nice. The songwriting is brilliant. It's really well produced. It's just a great, great track. It's kind of like you know, it's like an Eddie Cheryl Crow, really better. But yeah, <laughs> well, there, there are several crazy songs I like. There's one that she does on Unplug where it's her and an accordion that's really well done. But let's not go down that route. The point is, this is very good, regardless of what you think of Cheryl Crow or anyone else. Um, yeah, great tune, great singer. Love it. It's not a question where it grips it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I feel like tonight is one of those nights where I'm going to keep finding holes to dig myself into. Oh, it's, 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 it's all it's all good, man. I mean, like it's uh, that that's been essentially like happening all weekend with 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 M and I. So it's been pretty funny. Like, and uh, um, yesterday we were watching. Uh, it's pretty the next song here. We were watching on Netflix a show called uh, Paranormal Paranormal Survivor, and what it is is people recount stories of hauntings, whatever the case may be, and. Uh, so we've been watching the past few weeks, and last night now we're watching it. And uh, I'm getting up, going to let the dogs out and go for a cigarette. And, uh, and she's like, where are you going? I was like, just going to let the dogs out and go for a smoke. She's like, don't be long. I was like, no, I'll be a few minutes. I'm like, she's like, okay, well, maybe we'll just pause it to get back. <laughs> and I, I've already seen some of these because I've watched ahead of her. Oh, right. you're one of those people. Well, no, oh, F off, man. <laughs> I, 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 I started before I even told her about it. You know, so cut me a break here. <laughs> and she started, she started watching it at home when I wasn't here and it freaked her out too much and it just she had good cause for it because she was watching one of them and Freya started going nuts at the back door because there was a cat back there that she didn't like the cat's <laughs> on her territory and she's inside she can't do anything about it so she starts losing her mind and freaked her out a little bit Why, right with so good cause so yeah I'm not one of those people I wait for it for everything else there, there's a new season of Trailer Park Boys in cartoon for Christ's sake. I've been waiting to watch that with her, so I don't, I do wait. Oh, I feel like I really pushed a button there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but back to the music. You. You're the perfect gentleman, and no one could not love you. Well, it wouldn't go that far, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got next? <laughs> <laughs> what we have, what we have for Johnny? Well, Bob, like. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I know, I, I know, it's, it's all about music and all about having a good time and fun. And just so you know, nothing's personal here. Like, I'm not freaking out or losing my mind because it's something Mike said. I'll get him for it later. It's okay. So, a <laughs> little, little bit of like, kind of, kind of low talking, you know, Mr. Subliminal there, but it's okay. So, uh, <laughs> 
Next up, we have a brand new one again from uh, Mr. Dennis McCalmont, and he, he sends us nothing but great tracks, and this one especially. This one is called Never Go Back Again. Dennis McCalmont, dig this. <laughs>
track that's gold from Desmond Calmont, and Desmond Calmont has been a big part of the show for a number of years. And that being said, you know what? I don't think we've ever had him on for an interview. So Dennis, uh, I'm pretty sure you're listening. Uh, man, we got to set you up for an interview because it's it's been way too long. You've been such a big part of the show. We want to interview and talk to you about your music because he's he's been a part for at least three years, at least three years, like since the Matt Andersons, and he's been singing us nothing but gold. And man, that was another. Um, um, up, upbeat but chill uh, song, and I loved loved the the blues riffs and the the the, the kind of classic blues riffs in there, kind of fitting them into the beginning and the end. And uh, great tune, it really flowed very well. And I love, like I said, I just love the blues influence to that one especially. It's proper rock and roll through and through. It's bluesy. It's beautiful. It's banging. Can't think of any more words than a baby. Yeah, it's, it's just. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even mean to go down that route, and I went down there. It's just, it, but it's brilliant, brilliant, it's another one. Um, it's just something about, uh, like, because it's so, it's got that mix of being really chilled out, but really, really well paced, which is fantastic, and it kind of brings in the elements of country and blues and stuff. Vocals are brilliant. Songwriting's really clean, really well done. There's no room for error in any of that. It's just played beautifully, and it really does. I'd love to interview him actually and have a little chat about uh, all sorts of stuff, including what type of eggs he likes. Um, yeah, brilliant. And okay, so, sorry, just before we get the next song here, uh, the one way he pretty much signs off all his emails, he always says, "No love from from Ireland to the both of you." So no, let's get right back to him. So love from Canada and Brighton, England to to Desmond Calmont. Uh, thank you so much for some great music, and we'll step interview very time, uh, very time, uh, soon. Very good time. <laughs> yeah, well, much love. I know, I know. It's just one of those things. Like I sometimes I get way too excited and kind of stumble over my words. I mean, Em and I have proved that to each other many, many times. I'm just. Uh, I'm always reminded of your dentist story. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite one. Oh uh, well, yeah, like yeah, uh, can't shut him up, eh? I've been trying for twenty twenty one years, lady. <laughs> like literally, literally, word for word from what my mom said, eh? Like. Love that. And anyway, sorry, I keep, I keep going off. I no, 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 no. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the next song here in just one moment because I got another sidetrack. And uh, this is, again, in, involving a, a, a mom story. So what happened, this was, let's see, probably about 20 years ago. So I'm in Michigan. I'm with uh, one of my best mates who we still keep in touch with and still see uh, from time to time just because he's in Michigan. I'm here in London, Ontario. Two and a half hour drive, so it's pretty good. So, um, uh, one year, yeah. So, so one year, uh, Memorial day, uh, uh, our, which is like, I think Red day in the U S. So, uh, you know, he got it. This is in May. So it's our, our May two, four weekend essentially. So it's Memorial day in the U S right? right. So, um, he gets a good return back. He goes, you know what? He goes, let's get a case of beer. Let's get let's And let's do a barbecue at your house. Uh, you know, like all, all crash night, you got rooms. Like, yep, sure. Let's do it. So, so me, uh, so my, my buddy, Eric, um, his sister, Jeanette, which, uh, I kind of, uh, well, not kind of, I, I did date for a year and a half. So, I mean, it's one of those full pause, but it ended up working nicely out, uh, working out nicely anyways. So Eric and I were hanging out. So no worry. We got a little hibachi, uh, um, uh, grill. So we're going some steaks and now we're going through the beers and my mom's having a couple with us and it's like maybe two, three hours in the night. And my mom says, she says, uh, goes, you know, I was like, yeah, she goes, 
how many years you had? I don't know, like three or four. And she goes to the cooler, she goes to the cooler, she's like, seven. You've had seven beers. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> so, so I, I didn't, didn't, didn't quite know how to respond to that, right? It's like, oh, fine, just don't wake me up if you get sick, you know? <laughs> so I was like, no, no, we're good. So like, then I continued on, but it was it was a good night. It was like, it was, actually was a really nice summer day, so... Or summer day, I should say spring wasn't quite summer yet. So, you know, mid 70s. So, we were able to cook outside, stay out at the back patio, and enjoyed a good long weekend. So, but nice. there, 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 yeah, there, there's another one. It's like seven. You've had seven. Oh, oh well, so, sorry. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to quite respond to that. It's like, I'm kind, of, kind of aware of how many, have, well, not quite, I guess, but according to my answer. But, anyways, who could verify it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's see, one, two, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get back to the music, uh, besides the fact that we have the sidetrack here, but uh, so let's get going to the next song here. The next song is, uh, Ben, this one is courtesy of Emma Scott and Plug-In Baby. This is a band called the Niles Delta. The song's called Dust Me Down. Dig this. <laughs> See the light And 
on the Nile Delta, and that was courtesy of Emma Scott and Plugin Baby. Uh, that was a great tune. Uh, I'm tweeting it right now, but let me first start off by saying that uh, uh, a Ms. Lady Bones comment said it sounds like when Flash first started Soul Stuff, like Flash's Snake Pit. Nice, yeah. And I, was like, that, that was, I thought that's really good. That's actually really bang on. And he mentioned the Black Crows. If I, I mentioned something before, a, a song called Beggar the Hangers On. Like, very yes. close. So, yes. uh, and so, yeah, really, 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 really enjoyed the song. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that, that, is, <laughs> that is brilliant. I mean, that's right up my street. That's the thing. I mean, I like all kinds of music, as you know, but that is pure me that is just like yes come on i definitely um i think it's it's five o'clock somewhere it's that album with that singer from sasha snake pit absolutely bang on sounds like that uh for me and yeah black craze all over it it's got to be we don't really do track of the week and stuff because they're all brilliant but it, it, it is that kind of it's right there i was typing so fast if you follow me on twitter you'll notice and i don't i don't mind sharing that i wrote absolute banger and i nearly pressed uh, tweet because I'd actually written absolute badger and I was like oh no not absolute badger <laughs> then I changed it <laughs> but then I thought oh, that's quite funny I'll, I'll let people know I made that terrible mistake but yeah it's an absolute badger basically mate <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just so everybody knows uh, uh, we are on Instagram it's mine but Mike has access to it as well which I will give you access soon enough Mike uh, just to that if you messenger so it's uh, uh New Music Saturday, all over case, uh, space in between, uh, Doc Bones, and it's got everything to do with the show, so our set list, the promo videos, the white, uh, whiteboard, uh, pics of M and I at, at, at shows, plus live video as well. Uh, we are also on Snapchat at, at uh, uh, DearBones79, uh, and it, is, it, is, uh, it says Doc Bones NMS, so we'll, we're on there as well. So I promote during the week as well as the weekend, so I put up like a live uh, video from when we're doing the show like right now. I'm not recording right now, but I do that as well. I'll put the set list and promo pics. So we're pretty much on all social medias. Uh, Mike does have that all attached to our website, which is newmusicsarty.com. And uh, um, we are not revamping the website as such because Mike has done such a good job, but we'll be putting up a, a, a new, somewhat of a new logo uh, fairly soon uh, when Mike has time to do it because that's his thing and that's what he's good at uh, besides a lot of other things, besides being the best guitarist, but we'll get to that soon. <laughs> I'm also great in bed. Yeah. And I love scrambled eggs. I love scrambled like, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> ah, cheers, brother. I feel like my ego's just been inflated. Yeah. Kaboom, um, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're on all that stuff. Look it up. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so uh next up uh is a submission uh Brian Poole from Shotgun Twenty One sent this to a couple weeks ago. He sent us uh two live tracks. One uh was uh was it Ivory Ivory Stones? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I could go with that. I yeah. something sorry and I apologize Brian if I mis if I forgot the, the, the second part of the name. But the second track he sent us, which we heard before, is one called Tiger Shark. And this is a live uh, recorded track. So here we go with a Shotgun 21 and... Snow. Snow. Hang on. Sorry. It's Ivory Snow. Ivory Snow. Thank you. Five-time Ranger EP. Yeah. Right. So that, that was exactly right. So here yeah. we go with a different song called Tiger Shark. And this one's live as well. And we played it many times, uh, the uh, the actual uh, um, studio version of it. So here we go with Tiger Shark by Shotgun 21. Dig this. Uh, this next song is, is on the EP. Yeah, we've got an EP as well. It's not just other bands. We've got EPs for sale over there. 
Three pound for an EP, five pound for an album, all three for ten pound. Sound like I work in a market. Pound of bananas. This, uh, what are we doing? This next song's called Tiger Shark, and it's about, um, like, the people that just loiter in the club. Um, just hanging around, taking photos of people, being a bit seedy. Oh, you got my email. Um, so, yeah, this is called Tiger Shark. He's got the money shot. We've all got the money shot.
because I've seen one up close. Right on. That was Shotgun 21 and Tiger Shark Live. Uh, great version of it. I mean, it is, yeah, just, that, that song is awesome to begin with, and we are big fans of Shotgun 21 to begin with, so we're not going to play the impartial here. We're going to play a full throttle towards it. It's a great tune. It's a great band. And uh, I know uh, they're currently working, uh, kind of working on some new stuff, so we'll have Brian uh, on the show again soon. It's been at least a year and a bit since we had Brian on the last time to talk about Shotgun 21. But great tune, and I <clears throat> love the ending, and just... Again, it just—it almost seems like a blues riff kind of night, eh? Yeah, today, tonight is exactly that. It's a blues riff kind of night, mate. And um, that is a brilliant tune that was recorded live at the now world famous um, Off the Record Independent Music Festival, uh, which is, uh, some blame from Brian runs. Um, and its uh, applications are now open for this year's show in November. So I'll tweet out the links to those. And there's two stages which um, Stuart's helped me run as well. But um, it was awesome, and they were so so good. I don't know if I said this before. They brought a mini bus of people down from Crawley where they are uh, to the show and they turned like this doors opened uh, I can't remember like half one or something they were there by three and they were there all night because it's like an all day thing they were there right to the end and it was absolutely fantastic yeah. the shotgun 21 bus became, became nice. a legendary thing at uh, the off the record festival they were just so cool and their set was brilliant love those guys right on man well we got three more songs for part one to get to here uh, the next one up is uh it's it's a the new Neil Dead song and it's such a great tune and just as creepy as fuck as the rest of the stuff and just like it's like the the monsters meet like sixties rock and roll it just it just tripped out and, and and just awesome stuff so here we go with the Neil Dead and they'll come for you take this.
Wow, man, can you dig that? Uh, the Evil Dead. Uh, the one thing I am going to do, which I regret not doing uh, uh, a couple of years ago, is I never was able to, 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 to materialize or get to work. But what we're going to do is I'm going to get in touch with Odell from The Evil Dead, and we're going to get an interview because I've never interviewed him, and I want to interview him so bad because I want to know how his mind works for these songs because these songs are so tripped out and so creepy and just so solid. I'd love to know where the inspiration, the ideas, the ideas come from and how he just kind of manipulates the sound and just kind of puts his whole self, stuff together because it, it just, the stuff is just, just crazy. I mean, it, it's literally, like I said, like the Monsters means kind of like New Age, like 90s alternative with a little bit of 60s and 70s influence in there, like like later, early 70s. It's just crazy stuff, man. I just like, I would love to know like where all these ideas come from or just, or just a, a, somewhat of a basis of it. Regret that would be such a good interview as well, just to get an idea of what the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love these guys. I love that tune. Um, Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's make it happen. Well, very cool, man. Right on. So we got two more songs to get to tonight. Uh, The second last one here is a song by Juxta called Wake Up. This is off the new album coming out in about a week or so. So dig this. Juxta and Wake Up.
right. That was Juxta and Wake Up. Uh, he The email he sent, he said he felt uh, it needed a little bit more, so he kind of reworked it just a little bit, but uh, pretty much put a band behind it. And uh, this is off the new album, uh, which he, uh, like I said, he asked for the 20th, and normally we'd uh, be more uh, able to oblige, but it's Easter weekend, so there are plans, and unfortunately we're going we're gonna to have to pass. So we'll be off there next weekend. Uh, so not next weekend, on the 20th, sorry. Next weekend we, we'll be on with uh, Adam and Scott from Colt 48. But uh, we're going to try to get Juxta on the week after, which is his birthday, but we'll see if he can make it or not because he might be out, but we'll see what happens there. Either way, great tune, and you never expect any less from Juxta because he's constantly creating and making different stuff and collaborating, so it's uh, always a good tune. I love this one. Yeah, I absolutely adore Juxta. I think he's a fantastic bloke. I think he writes amazing tunes. And I say him, obviously, there's a whole band there right. now as well. And Aiden is fantastic. Yeah, yeah we are. Fantastic in the band as well. But yeah, just top, top quality, mate. Absolutely top quality. That is a brilliant tune. Uh, really looking forward to having a chat with him again. I'm just looking back, so it looks like the album's released on the 26th, which is why I wanted to come on the 20th. But right. um, yeah, we'll, we'll sort it out um, a week after or whatever, but we'll. Oh, no, that's his birthday one, isn't it? But we'll make it happen, whatever happens, whatever, whatever yeah. works. Uh, we'll make something happen. Um, yeah, but what a start. I mean, you just listen to that and you go, oh, cool, yeah. And then you <laughs> listen back to some of the stuff from Welcome to Your Life and go, oh. And it's just like he's he's evolved and progressed with that band because obviously it was just him really at the beginning there no. and taken that to a whole like, hey, look, we're a proper thing now. And it's brilliant. I just love the guy. I think he's class, mate. You know, and funny to mention that because uh, earlier in today when we had it again, the songs were in shuffle. Um, enemy of my enemy came on from Welcome oh, to yeah. Your Life. So, what uh, a tune that is as well. Yeah, exactly right. So the I'm lot... big, um, growing old disgracefully is still my my yeah. absolute favorite. It's just proper punk for him. <laughs> <laughs> so the last song of uh, part one here tonight is a band that uh, actually Em and I are going to see in a little bit. Is a band, a local band called Nimue. The song's called Nimue. This is off their self titled EP. Dig this.
Right on, Nimue with Nimue, and that is the most tripped out song album by far. They have two new ones, um, I think part of them got a video at the last show, but we're going to see them tonight. They're playing with two other bands, a band called uh, 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 Big Fat Boy, I believe it is, and the one is, is The Suburbs, and The Suburbs, we got a couple of tunes from, um, uh, uh, it's Big Fat Boy or Fat Boy. They are on Facebook. They do have some videos, but no sound or anything like that. But either way, uh, it's a <clears throat> Nimue, a great band, a great tune. And like we played before, like I mentioned before, uh, Nick, who is uh, the drummer and Anne's husband. And then, then there's Jagger, who is the, the bassist and the and, uh, bassist for Prep Boy, as is Nick is a singer for Prep Boy, who we played a few times as well. So... Uh, Everybody collaborates uh, in some way, in some form, and uh, that's how it goes. And it's a great tune, and it's gonna be another great show tonight. So uh, there you go with Nimue and Nimue. It is amazing when you say that and you think about how different Prep Boys. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally different band. And then when you think about the bands that Jagger's been in as well, it's kind of insane. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, no secret, I adore these guys. I love them, and I'm jealous of you for going to their show. But you know, have a good time. Right on. Well, that's going to do it for part one. We'll be back for part two in about five, ten minutes. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Bones out. Are you ready to feel awesome? Shell V-Power. Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame. One heroic combination. Fill up with 30 pounds of Shell V-Power for your chance to win awesome prizes every day with Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame in cinemas April 25th. Fill up and feel heroic with Britain's number one selling performance fuel. Conditions apply. Participating sites see shell.co.uk slash win. This week at Tesco, extra large Easter eggs are two for eight pounds. And we've got an extra large choice on all your favourite brands, including Maltesers, Mini Eggs and Kit Kat. At two for eight pounds, the only thing that isn't extra large is the price. Tesco. Every little helps. End 7th of April. Selected stores subject to availability.